Sunday mornings, Lord. For your children to come together, Lord, in your house, God. Better is one day in your house in our courts, Lord, than thousands elsewhere, Lord. And this morning, God, um, we just want to open up our hearts to you, God. We want to open up our minds, Lord. We want to open up our life, God, to be open to your word, Lord, to your message today, God. And we just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fill this place today, Lord, that you would fill our hearts, that this morning, God, we would not be hindered by circumstance or life or anything, God, anything of the Lord, but at this very moment, God, we lay everything at your feet, Lord Jesus, and truly, God, we just want to give you our worship, Lord, and want to give you our hearts, and we pray that you would fill our hearts this morning, God, and we pray this morning, Jesus. Morning. Morning. Welcome again to Agape. I just want to introduce our speaker uh, this morning. His name is Nicholas Alfair. He's from New Jersey. We have uh, heard from him before. Now let's give him a warm welcome. He's my uh, son-in-law. He's a uh, uh, chemistry teacher and uh, aeronautics teacher. Yes. And uh, but more importantly, he has given us two. Uh, it's good to be with you all again. It's good to be here. Um, wow, yeah. So, something, a brand new thing that are um, two children right now. So, traveling has become very, very interesting, right? So, I would say, you know, we're in between that period of Christmas and, like, Christmas has ended and we're on to the new year, right? So, now's the time where we get to, like, stop and reflect and think about our year, think about what we want to be doing for the upcoming year. And typically, I, I will say that I have done a lot of this kind of thinking throughout the year and also, but I usually find myself doing it when I'm traveling. Right? When I'm traveling. So, because when I'm traveling, I can do nothing but stop, relax, and kind of, I get to process my thoughts. Now, things have changed a little bit. Um, on the flight over, um, I will say, traveling with two children, one being like a two and a half year old, um, <laughs> the time for reflection and thinking is, um, it's gone from here to, I, I can't even give an amount because there was not one second where I was able to process anything on that flight. Um, but I have to say it was worth all the pain and suffering of the flight. Um, Judah was, Judah, you'll do better next time, right? Yeah, good, okay. Um, so just to say, it's, it is good to be with you all. It, it was definitely worth um, that six hour play with a two and a half year old. Um, <laughs> no processing was done, but now we, we get to kind of relax and do that processing. And I know all of us are kind of in the midst of that too, like kind of going to experience the new year. Um, and so I just want to put something else in the pot to be thinking about as you think through, okay, what is my year going to be looking like? And so what I want to kind of talk to you about today is this idea that prayer delivers and pride destroys. So kind of just thinking through, uh, what, what, is our, what is our stance in prayer? What is our, how are we doing with prayer? How are we doing with pride? And just kind of highlighting a few of these things. So kind of going back to this idea of uh, being on an airplane, um, I want to go into kind of a little more of the technical side of it, all right? So, um, Dean, I'm not going to um, have you come up and explain this part for us, uh, the physics of all this, but if you can kind of say yes, my, my nerd alert, sorry, I have to do it because I am an aerospace engineering teacher, and so what I want to kind of say is that there, the reason planes can fly 
is because there's something called lift that's generated, okay? And so here we have the whole thing going where basically there's um, air flowing over top of the top of the wing like really fast and it decreases pressure. When it decreases pressure, we have the plane go up into the air, which is a mirror, not a mere science, okay? But it's crazy that it works to get this really heavy object into the air. Now, I will tell you that this cannot happen unless you get that wind flowing over the top of the wing at a certain speed. And so with all the science, with all the background and the knowledge of this stuff, none of this can take place without the jet engine, okay? So this right here is a thing that drives, creates that for us and has that air flowing over the top of that wing. Now, why do I bring this up? Well, um, because I'm a nerd, yes, um, that's, you know, sadly I am, but what I want to kind of say is that for us, just like the jet engine is the thing that really provides lift for an airplane, for us as Christians, prayer is just like that jet engine. And prayer is the only thing in our lives that can give us lift off, that can carry us into new relationship, carry us into new heights with our Father. And that's the only thing that really, um, that's, the, that's what's our, our driving force there. And so, like I said, before we kind of get into the meat of the sermon, um, I want to kind of just talk a little bit about where we're going to be studying. We're going to be looking at Acts chapter 12, okay? So to give you a little bit of context, another name for the uh, book of Acts is the Acts of the Apostles. Um, a better version might be um, the Acts of the Holy Spirit, because in Acts we see the Holy Spirit at work spreading the, and seeing the gospel spread, again, through the apostles, but also through the Holy Spirit. And so there's a few things that are really important in this book of Acts. And actually the thesis, the whole thing of Acts is, um, we see in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you don't have to turn there, but it says this, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So what he's doing there, the author of this is Luke. He's saying, this is the book of Acts. This is how it's going to work geographically. We're going to start in Jerusalem. We're going to go to Judea and Samaria, and then we're going to go to the of the world. So where we are in the book of Acts right now, Acts chapter 12, we're seeing the transition from the gospel going to the Jewish people in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, and we're seeing now that, that transition from there to the Gentile people. And it's a really cool, it's this book of Acts, the book of Acts is an amazing thing, but I just wanted to kind of orient us so we can kind of have an understanding of where we are in the book of Acts here. And so now that we have ourselves set up, um, let's take a look at the passage today, and there's two things I want to kind of give to us to kind of think about. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is the idea that prayer is the engine of God's movement. Once again, prayer is the engine of God's movement. And I have to say, nothing of significance happens apart from prayer. We can we can try to do we can try to like do worship really really well. We can try to do Bible studies really really well. We can figure out how to relate with people really really well. But apart from prayer, the movement of God it just it's not quite there. So He's the one who breathes life into our ministries. He's the one who transforms lives. And so when we think of prayer, we really need to think of prayer as our lifeline to God. And we all need to be on that call, because remember, prayer is the engine by which God moves. And so there, there are different aspects of prayer that this passage uh, will be highlighting for us. And so in verses 1 through 5, we see that we should never underestimate the need for prayer. 
So verses 1 through 5 read this. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison, delivered him to the four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending him to bring him before the people after Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Now we see at this time the church was facing incredible persecution. You know, Herod's campaign strategy, thinking that he was running on to boost his popularity, was persecuting Christians. Um, so he was trying to get rid of them from Jerusalem. Now, um, Jay, after James had been killed, now here's something interesting. Um, Peter, John, and James, those were like the people that were really tight with Jesus, that they were like kind of his closest bud. James is dead now. Like this is, he's gone, there's no more. So Peter and John are left over um, as far as being like the, top, the close circle that Jesus had. So, I mean, I'm sure this upended things. I'm sure they were kind of reevaluating, okay, what are we doing here? What's going on? And so after the death of James, it was clear that the church needed to get on their knees and pray. Now, I guess my question is, you know, I, it doesn't say in the text, but what about the time leading up to James' death? Did, uh, did the people understand their need to call out to God? I'm pretty sure that they did. But now, so my question with that is, their prayer times, their corporate prayer life, it, it was really important, and I'm sure it was there. Now, how about us here? You know, how are things here in regards to prayer? You know, how, how are things with us as individuals in regards to prayer? And you know, I ask this, I ask it to kind of just, in, in the hope that we would kind of think through, like, where do we stand with all this? How important do we think prayer is? Um, and will that stir us to action? You know, those, these are the tough things, because we hear, and then what do we do with what we hear? So I, I want to, again, highlight the point of why it's important. So if you... If any of us here um, go in after, after church, try to talk with somebody else, you know, um, you know, try to really get past, you know, okay, it's freezing outside in New Jersey, it's like 70 degrees. Anyway, what's up with that? Um, so, but get past all that stuff and try like digging into somebody's life and sharing and having like sharing life with somebody else. As you start peeling back the layers, you're going to find that each one of us here is going through something very significant that's difficult, right? So, for instance, you know, ask, ask somebody, and we're not always willing to share this stuff, but ask somebody how things are at home. Ask about their relationship with their spouse. Ask about their job situation. Ask how things are with that parent of a teenage child. Ask that person who's single how it is being single. You know, we're all struggling. Each one of us here is struggling with big things in our lives. Why? Because we are our part of a sinful and fallen world, and we're dealing with a sinful and fallen nature. God is redeeming that, but that's what we're dealing with now. So we are all going through it at one level or another. And guess what? We are all in desperate need of prayer. It's each and every one of us. So when we think about normal life, um, some of us, I know myself, I have, well, let me just list a few of these things that are not necessarily normal in God's eyes. You know, no, no, it's not normal that your child isn't into the things of God. 
right? Here's another thing that's not normal. No, it's not normal that you and your spouse of 20 years or 35 years don't really talk to each other anymore. You know, no, it's not normal that you are prioritizing your work over your family. No, it's not normal that you've been a believer in Christ for about 10 years and there's been no significant change in your life for the past seven. You know, these are all just examples of realities that we all face. And so these are all things, and I highlight this not to make us feel really badly about ourselves because there's no point to that. But I highlight this to um, have us understand our need to go to God in prayer for ourselves and for each other. And so we should never underestimate our need for prayer. It's, a, it's, it's amazingly important. And next, so once we realize our need for prayer, then what? We want to not ever forget the power of prayer. Okay, verses 6 through 13. Um, basically, right now, Peter's about, about to get busted out of our jail. And so if you, when we read this, I want you just to understand, like, this, this happened, and we, like, this is reality. It's not a movie, and it's just it's pretty amazing what we have here. So kind of just reading this, verses 6 through 13. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him. And he did not know that what was being what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the first and second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down on the street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod, from all expectation of the Jewish people. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. Now this is an incredible story, and it highlights the power of prayer. There was a prayer meeting going on at this time, right? And then an amazing event took place. And so what I want to just say is everything that I had mentioned prior to this point, those difficult realities of life, they all, while they all can feel like an impossible situation, um, God is capable of answering prayer. Now just to kind of bring it home, I know for myself, I look at uh, my two children now, and I quite honestly have no idea what direction they're going to go in life. And it's, it terrifies me. I have very little control of where they're going to do, what they're going to be thinking, what they're going to be doing. I have some influence, but ultimately they're individuals, and they're going to choose a path. And that scares me. But you know, I can take from this passage and from the experience that I have, that I know that God delivers people from impossible situations through the power of prayer. You know, one thing, um, one thing that I want to do uh, that I want to kind of mention is. I had one experience, an experience in my early 20s. Um, there was a, a preacher, like really powerful preacher, just very influential guy, came and spoke at our church. And he said that there was, he, he mentioned this woman who made up a note card. Okay, She had a note card on there. She listed out 10 impossible things. Okay, 
And every single day, she would pray through those ten impossible things. And as soon as one thing was answered, she'd scratch it out. And so I kind of took that challenge up, right? And so one of the things that um, I put on there was, I said, God, can you change my heart? I need you to change my heart. I want you to change my heart so that I can find fulfillment in things of you. Now, like, why do I say that? I know because I, I had a dependence on a few things. Now, one of those things that I had dependence on was, um, like, when I go outside and if I go hiking or climbing or camping or backpacking, that's one thing, like, I needed because I know, like, I find peace and solace out there. Um, and I gotta say, I'm not, I'm not telling us all that camping and hiking is a bad thing, like, and we shouldn't do it. I will tell you for myself, I was replacing that with finding peace in that rather than finding peace in God. So it was an escape me mechanism that I was using that was not good, right? And so this was kind of a big thing. So guess what happened if I didn't get to go camping or hiking? I got really grumpy. Be like, oh man, this like I'm really missing out right now. This is terrible. Like, so God really kind of used I, this. So basically, I was using that to fill that God-shaped hole in my life. And so that's kind of just one example of my life where God has really changed. Now I, I'm so thankful that He's uh, worked that out because honestly, having two kids, I'm barely able to work out twice a week. Right? Not that listen, I'm not complaining about having two kids. I'm just giving the reality of the situation. It's busy, right? So, um, like, I'm just thankful that God has worked in my life to kind of change that. And that's a heart-level thing. That's, stuff, that's something that I can't just fix by myself. The other thing, and this is kind of coming away from the car. There are multiple things on there. But um, another thing, my prayer each day, actually, um, one of the things that I need to be praying for is that God would equip me to deal with my selfishness today. That God would equip me to deal with my selfishness today. Because every day, I'm, I'm a selfish person, i got to be honest with you, okay? So let me give you an example of this. I'm a teacher, right? And with teacher, we have stacks of papers that need to be graded. So there is now this balance of, I need to task and get this stack done, or I need to go and interact with this student here who may need my help, okay? So what do I mean by this? So for instance, I want to get this stack done, but I, I can't because I see or I, I see that student off in the corner who's sitting by themselves who doesn't normally sit by themselves. Um, so what do I do in this situation? Do I just take that stack of papers down or do I stop what I have to do for myself and go and reach out to that one kid and take that half hour, 45 minutes of my time to go help this person out? And I just bring that up to kind of highlight there are thousands of moments in our days where we can choose to be selfish or we can choose to be selfless. And so my prayer each day, and I hope our prayer each day, is that God help me to be less selfish so I can be used for your glory. Right? That's a powerful prayer and one that, again, we have, that's, a, that's a struggle and a fight we have each day. And so what I want to say is that these are issues of the heart and of the mind, and they're hardwired into each one of us. And they are impossible. So resolution time, right? Um, I know I don't even do resolutions anymore because I will break them in approximately two to three weeks. Um, so a resolution is the idea that, okay, I'm going to do better in this this year, right? Now, those things, unless you're like, 
you know, I, I don't know, some of you probably nailed this, I don't. But a lot of these things are impossible to fix alone. Like our mental state, what we think, what we feel, a lot of those things are impossible to fix apart from God doing the work in our lives. And he often does that through a better knowledge of him and also through prayer. Right? So we need to be kind of praying through these things because it's only God who has the power to change things in our lives. So again, don't underestimate the need for prayer. Don't forget the power of prayer. And thirdly, don't miss answers to prayer. Right? Verses four, uh, 14 through 17 will be um, up there, but basically it's talking about this uh, this girl Rhoda saying um, to people in the prayer meeting, hey everybody, you're not Peter's here. And everybody in the prayer meeting would be like, what are you talking about? It's probably just this, this Peter's not here. And so the, the, the point here is that these people, while they were praying fervently, fervently, they they missed the answer to prayer. That he was actually there. Prayer was answered. He was released from prison. Now, yeah, that does seem unbelievable, right? But God answered that prayer. And now, I have to say, it's kind of like a funny thing. So I, I also... Um, I also teach physics, and so this kind of like this point here. So there's this really fun projectile lab, okay? I think uh, if you can show it up here, I'll show you kind of the way it's set up. But basically, we take this launching mechanism, all right? And then we can put, put like a, something to catch the marble that's being launched, right? So you can kind of take a look right there. So the kids will kind of do all the calculations, crunch all the numbers, and they'll put the trash can in a certain place, and they'll launch this marble, and it'll go in the basket. And they'll be like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe that just happened. Like, that's totally insane. That's crazy. And so I say to them, like, what, what do you mean it's crazy? You, you knew the, the calculation. You set everything up properly. Of course it's going to work, right? But they're still surprised by it. Now, how often does that happen to us in prayer? Well, we're praying for some really big thing, and we don't recognize or we say, like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that actually worked. I can't believe prayer, God answered prayer. And so we need to never miss the answer to prayer, right? Now, not all this to say, like, everything that we pray for, God is going to answer. That's not the case. We're not, we're not pulling the strings here, people. You know, God is the one who we're basically coming to somebody who has the power to change things and to orient things in a certain direction, right? But he's the one who's ultimately in control, and he knows what's best for us. So sometimes prayers don't get answered. But when they do, we need to recognize that, and we need to give him the glory. Now, I know for me, I, I deal, I don't know if anybody else deals with this, I'm a fairly skeptical person, and so I oftentimes have missed out on the blessings of answered prayers, and all things are going to work out that way anyway. Um, there is this uh, one, basically, actually, I'm going to skip that. All I want to say here is that we need to be looking, we need to be kind of aware of God answered prayer. We need to give him glory for that. Um, the next thing, verses 18 through 19, we should never uh, we should never discount the results of prayer. Okay, so we should we need to understand our need for prayer, the power of prayer. We need to acknowledge prayer, and we should never discount the results of prayer. And so here, uh, verses 18 through 19, we see that the guards, um, the guards who were watching over Peter, they were killed because of what they did. So what that kind of tells us there is that God may sometimes answer our direct prayer, but there can be some other unintended consequences or results of our prayers. That, and we can see kind of God working in a much bigger way than just in our tiny little lives here. And so that's, an, again, another encouragement there. So 
like I said, um, my that going back to that prayer of God change my heart um, so that I can live for you. You know, not only did He say, "Okay, I don't, you don't need nature anymore," but He's kind of there's been a cascade of events that have taken place. Almost, I won't say as a result of that, but there have been other answers to prayer. The fact that I can stand up here and talk to people about the Bible is um, completely strange and bizarre to me. Okay, because I would say looking ten years back, who? There's no way. I have nothing to say. But so, I mean, God answers prayer in strange, strange ways. Again, like me, like me being up here today in front of you. So, um, what I want to, again, what we can just say is we really need to see our need for prayer first. Because if we don't see our need, we're not going to come to Him. But once we do see our need, then we can understand again that God has the power to answer prayer. And when we do see Him starting to answer prayer, we we need to be acknowledging that. We need to be giving him praise and thanking him for answering prayer. And also builds our relationship of trust with him. Right? And so we need to also we just need to praise him for the results of prayer. So everybody, what I want you to know for the, that person is prayer is the engine of God's movements. And kind of on the flip side, with um just kind of conclude I will be concluding shortly, don't you worry. Um so we have prayer on one hand, and we also have pride on the other hand. Prayer is a posture of humility, whereas pride is not, right? And so on the flip side, in this section here, we see that Herod, um, Herod doesn't end up so well in their story, all right? And so pride, we see that it's, it's the cause for personal destruction, okay? And so the first, the, um, the one thing I want to kind of just highlight is here, you know, don't, don't ever buy into the hype about yourself because you're really not that great okay i mean it's just i'm sorry everybody this is the reality i don't care who you are you're really not that great i say this to myself all the time i need to remember it you're not that great so here we basically see um, in the instance of acts we see herod um being praised by this group of people because they're trying to win, win favor from him to get food he was withholding foods like food from them so like oh herod the voice of a god not of a man herod was kind of just laying back and Given out of these, that's right. Um, that didn't work out so well for him. All right. So basically, again, his response to flattery—he knew he knew what was right and what was wrong—but his response to flat, flattery was not good, and it didn't have a good end result. And so, when people kind of praise us for our giftings, we need to be careful with how we receive that. It's one thing to acknowledge our gifting and walk in it. It's another thing to take and glory in that and not point the glory to the one who gave us that gift. We do need to be careful with pride. Right? And it's kind of a tricky line to walk. But what I want us to see there is really none of us are that great. Um, and so in line with that, once if you are indulging in this, um, just want you to know that don't think that God is inattentive to it. Okay? And so in verse 23, this is a really interesting verse. Um, then immediately an angel of the Lord struck Herod because he did not give glory to God, and he was eaten by worms and died. I always thought he was—he died and was eaten by worms. That seems a little less gross, but um, in actuality, he was eaten by worms and then died. That's disgusting. I originally wanted a, a, a more uh, poignant picture on that, but I don't want to gross everybody out here because we're probably going to go and have lunch after this. But that's really gross. And so God, you know, God is not attentive inattentive to this stuff. So he takes pride seriously. And so what I kind of just want to conclude with is that um, it's prayer and not pride that carries the church forward. 
prayer, not pride, that carries the church forward. And in verse 24, we see, but the word of God grew and multiplied. You know, prayer and pride sit on opposite sides of the coin. Prayer says that I am sufficient. Sorry, pride says that I am sufficient. And prayer says, God, only you are sufficient. And so let's go into this new year knowing that prayer delivers and pride destroys. And may we be refreshed by the knowledge of the power of God and refocused in our prayer efforts in calling out to this all-powerful God. And so as we kind of reflect on this, let's try to ask the question of ourselves, you know, what role does prayer and pride play in my life? You know, which one of these characteristics is reigning in me today? So if we can kind of just look on that.
Come and Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Father God, for these offerings that are before you, Lord. Father God, we pray that you smile upon these gifts, Lord God. That you multiply them, Father God, that they be blessings of fruit to your congregation, to your neighbors, Father God, that your ministries, Lord God, that serve your people. Father God, we pray that you give wisdom, Father God, to the leadership as to how to you utilize these offerings, Father God, to better grow your church, Father God, to better bless your people. We thank you, Father God, and pray these things in your Son, Jesus Christ, holy. Praise God. Oh, wow, what an amazing message, amen? The power of prayer. Let us um, reflect on what God has done for us this uh, 2015. Imagine all the answered, um, answers that we have had to many of our prayers, and sometimes we do take those for granted. So let's not forget to thank God for everything that he's done throughout the year. Amen. For us, for our families, for everything, for open doors. Um, as, I, as, he was, as he was speaking, I was reflecting on how uh, when we came to Casarina, because we just moved here this year, we um, had prayed that God would find, you know, would open a door for us and we could find a church. And it was like amazing how it happened. And, and we're just grateful and thankful that we are here. Amen. So God is really good to us. So um, we also we wanted to let you know that Sunday school will resume in the new year. So we will be here between 9 and 9.45 for Sunday school. So it is happening. It continues and resumes. And also, um, there's a reminder that there's a deadline for our 2015 tax deduction. So um, remember that December 31st is the last day to give. Um, amen. Um, your tithes and offerings. So between now and uh, the 31st, we still have time. You can do check. You can do cash. And you can also go on our website to um, agapepasadina.com. So there's different ways that you can still give and we still have time. Amen. So praise God and give him all the glory. Amen. God bless you. Imagine teachers. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to let um, to let the hype not get you. Uh, I bought into the hype a lot of times, guys. A lot of times. And you will get eaten by worms and die. It's hard when you when you sing on Sunday and then go and stand in front of a bunch of little people on Monday. You buy into the hype, for real. You're like, oh, I'm awesome. Everybody's listening to me right now. Um, and then a kid says, why is your shirt so tight yesterday? And you're like, mm -hmm. <laughs> eating my words. <laughs> just, uh, um, so let's just continue to pray for others and ourselves. And uh, know that God is the one who answers those prayers. And he is the one who does all things. The possible or possible and probable. Whether you believe it or not, don't miss the results. Of the prayer being answered. Amen? Alright, let's all stand and worship.
Father God, we just thank you for being our Father, that we can get to you whenever we need you, Lord. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, through prayer, to him be glory in the church, 